everyone, and welcome to another episode of Dating or At Least Trying. My name is Alex Piscatelli, and I'm joined by a very special guest. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hey, guys. Um, it's me, Julie Capiello. Um, I am the news director at KCR College Radio at SDSU, and I'm also the writer of Sexcapades, and I think that's why I'm here. Yes, I really wanted to have you on because I saw that you were doing that, and I thought it was really awesome. So why don't you kind of explain, like, why you started doing that, what the idea behind it was? Okay, so I was, let me start from the beginning. I have always been the one in my friend group to talk about sex. Uh, when I went to college, I w- I'm from New Jersey, so I broke away from the pack. I'm all the way across the country. And when I was at home, I didn't like to like mingle with the boys um, at home just because they always talked. And I was like, oh, and you guys are like my brothers. This is gross. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so when I came here, I had this new like sexual freedom. I was like, oh, my God, look at look at this pool of fish. I was like, I'm so excited. And um <laughs> So when I'd come home for breaks, I'd always have a story to tell my friends. And I was kind of reflecting on that this year because I've come so far since my freshman year. Mm -hmm. And I was talking with my friend and I was watching Sex in the City at the time. And I was like, I really like I love Carrie Bradshaw. She's a bit neurotic, but her blog is called Sex in the City, and all she does is talk about relationships. Mm-hmm. I'm not understanding where, like, yeah, the only one that's really having sex and good sex is Samantha, and, you know, she's my favorite. Her and, uh, yes, I love Samantha. <laughs> Would you say you're a Samantha? Um, I'm definitely a cross between a Samantha and a Miranda. I'm oh. not as uptight. When she got pregnant with Steve's kid, she was like, I'm having this baby. I want to keep this baby. I'm also going to do my career, you know, and then her and Steve end up getting married, you know, like, and, but Samantha Jones, she is a sexually liberated woman and she does not care. Yeah, she's the best. Exactly. And what annoys me about Sex and the City is that they make some, like, Carrie has these snide comments, like, even though Samantha is self-conscious or she has, like, these these like intimacy issues I'm like Samantha doesn't need to have those intimacy issues whoever wrote that needs to reevaluate Samantha's character because I do not see her that way absolutely not I agree so I'm watching so anyway so I'm watching Sex in the City at the time and I talked I was talking to my friend and I said I think I want to start a sex blog and she starts laughing she's like that is you she said I wouldn't expect anything else from you And I laughed and we started rattling off ideas because I already had some. And I said, I'm going to present these to um, KCR. I wonder what they're going to say. And if they tell me no, which I doubt they will, Mm -hmm. I'll just start it on my own WordPress. How hard could it be? And so we're going off. And I have this, uh, my first college experience, I had this story about I was at this party and this guy stuck his finger in my butt. (laughs) Wait, without asking you? Okay, okay. So so how I tell the story, yes, there was there was no consent, but I don't consider this a sexual violation in any okay. way because I think it's hilarious. So I just want to put that oh my God. out there. <laughs> and um, if a finger went up my butt, I'd be like, oh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and my favorite part about telling this story is watching people's face because it's just like what you made your uh, like initial shock and then laugh. Like it's amazing. <laughs> Exactly. Um, so my first party, I can't remember what frat it's at. And like, I have 
this just shows you that I can give less cares about a frat or the names or the letters or whatever. So I'm at this party and I meet this guy and we are playing flip cup and that's the game that we played at home. I didn't play rage cage until I got to state. So we sit there. I win the game three times for us. Everything's great. He's from the East coast. So we had this vibe going anyway, I'll skip over the details. Um, so we're at the, we're on the dance floor and we're dancing and I'm wearing jeans and he sticks his hands down my pants, and I'm cool with that because we're making out. Yeah. On the I'm dance like, floor? Is this? Oh, I've yeah. been to a frat party, so I'm like, what? <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, this also shows you that I'm a freak like that. So <laughs> I think I think that indecent exposure is no I'm kidding, but you know, like, oh like I think I think the taboo, like doing things like this in public, I wouldn't necessarily do where everybody can see me. Right. Um, but there's a lot of people on this dance floor. It was packed. Uh, so he stuck his hands from the back, though. So I'm facing him. So his hands, like, so his hands are, like, on my are, So are both hands in the pants? Both hands are in the pants. Okay. I'm, like, from imagining I, this. Yeah, I'm facing him. And we're kissing. And his hands go down my back. So I'm like, oh. I'm like, this is my thought process. Because I didn't, I don't. I don't drink that much. Uh-huh. So this is my thought process because I only had one drink and I wasn't that intoxicated. I was like, well, this is a weird way to access my vagina. And all of a sudden it just like that. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? And I'm sorry if you can't, can you, can I curse? I don't know. Oh yeah, so, of course. Okay. So I'm, like, I'm like, what the fuck? And I was, I like pulled back and I was only in for a second. I wasn't in for, um, but like, I was like, no butt stuff. And he, on the dance floor, he goes, what? And because the music is playing. And I'm like, no butt stuff. And he starts laughing. He's like, okay. And I just couldn't help but like laugh about it because I yeah. thought it was so funny. So I ended up, I ended up going back and telling, you know, the people on my floor this story. And for the good first month of freshman year, People would write on my whiteboard, whiteboard, uh, knock three times for butt stuff. Uh, <laughs> Julie loves butt stuff, you know. And now it's just a story. Um, I actually told my mom this story, uh-huh. and she she's like, as disturbing as that is that he did that without asking. It is actually so funny because that would happen to you. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, okay, what happened after you were like, no butt stuff? just uh kept on laughing and uh we ended up making out and whatnot um I'm gonna be honest with you he was in the military so you can just imagine how weird he was um and that was the last time I ever saw him I don't remember his name because it's just forever in my head as butt stuff guy yeah like you can never come back with that like first name doesn't matter no no oh my god I love that that is my staple story Um, and so when I told, when I was going over ideas with my friend about starting the sex blog, uh, I said, uh, thumb in the butt, run or roll. And then at the same time, she said run and I said roll. And I was like, well, that's where we're at with this. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's so good. So have you like had people, like what has been the reaction of you writing about like sex and everything? Okay, so my first, I wanted to start off, I didn't want to start off off the back with sexcapades and me just writing about 
butt stuff. Mm-hmm. I am gradually getting into that. Um, most of my more raunchier ideas are going to come uh, later because I just mm-hmm. want to get people warmed up. Uh, so I started talking about shame. And I think shame is a really big part of sex because there's, um, you know, we are kind of, most people are raised. And if you're raised with a sexually liberated parents, like you are awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wish I had that, but not that <laughs> parents aren't, but sex was like, no, like we're not talking about this. Like mm-hmm. I remember my mom giving me the sex talk. And my little sister, too. I was 16. She was, like, 14. And my sister looks at my older sister, Justine, who is seven years older than me, and goes, well, why isn't Justine having the sex talk? Like, why why isn't she getting shown the condoms? And I looked at her, and I go, because Justine's a lesbian, and she doesn't need this. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, but that can now, as she doesn't need to know about, uh-huh. uh, you know, penis condoms she needs to maybe know about you know finger condoms or yeah dam or something gentle like dams right yeah. um but that that is something else that I want to get into uh later but with the blog so I started with shame and there's a lot of shame surrounding sex and especially with my family so uh my mom's my mom's like I do not like to, you know, I wasn't, you know, the one to, you know, get with all the boys. And I'm like, well, I am. So, uh-huh. <laughs> or I, you know, or I at least like to talk about it. Yeah. I don't just, you know, give it up to anybody. I'm very, dis- that was a conversation my freshman year. She's like, you need to be more discerning. And I'm like, no, 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 I am. Mm-hmm. It may not be good choices, but it is good sex. Yeah. <laughs> and it's your choices to make too. Exactly. And that's, that's the whole point of my sex blog. It's not to say, oh, look at all the sex that I'm having. It's more to show people that it doesn't have to be so stigmatized. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate, you know, I hate when we're talking about things and, like, someone's like, why stop screaming the word penis? I'm like, it's an, it's an atom, you know, it's a biological term. Definitely. Uh, if I was screaming dick or, you know, I hate this word, cock. Um <laughs> I think it's so, I think it's, like, like so, like, unless it's in a right context, I can't just yeah. be, like, oh, yeah, cock. Like, no, I can't. Cock. Yeah, I hate that. Yeah. I, I feel the same about the word pussy. Like, I hate the word pussy, and I don't know why. Um, I always joke with my friends, like, like, after you get waxed and you're, like, popping your pussy everywhere. Like, I say that, but I'm not, like, oh, yeah, he, like, shoved it, like, like, I'm just gonna, you know, you exactly. It's so like, it's like okay, yeah. but I mean, if you like to, if someone likes to say those words, go ahead. I'm not stopping you. Just not near me. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this uh, how did it? It just started, and I can't stop now. But the reaction to it was when I, you know, people like you reaching out to me and do you want to be on my podcast? I actually, uh, an SDSU alum, um, started their own web mag, and they reached out to me. It's uh, called Jaywalk Media, and they said, do you want to write for us? And at first I said, uh, I don't really have anything to write about right now. Um, uh-huh. I only have sexapades, like, and sex going on in my head. Um, can I get back to you? And then I ended up writing what it's like to be a daughter of a psychic medium. Okay, and I'm glad you brought this up because I really wanted to talk about it. So can you kind of give background for anyone who hasn't read it yet? Okay, 
So I, so they reached out to me and I didn't have an article for them. I said, and then two weeks later I was home and I was thinking about, cause a lot of people ask me, even my friends that have known me forever ask me what, you know, like, what is your mom? Um, she does, like, honey, you've known me for how long now? And you <laughs> don't know, come on. Like everybody's so, everybody's curious and also, Oh, there goes my calendar. Whatever. <laughs> uh, um, the sound effects. <laughs> everybody is like curious, and they. So, my mother is a psychic medium. What that means is, is you know, a medium is someone who can connect um, to, you know, your spirit guides, your your dead relatives, you know, and you know people in the in the afterlife. I grew up with that. Mm-hmm. my mom has always been that way so we didn't grow up with and I talk about this in the article we didn't grow up with religion we grew up with really all religions a lot of a lot of everything that my mom taught us as kids you can find in all different religions mm-hmm. um, my mom is also a yoga teacher so uh, we grew up with learning about you know Hindu gods and you know like and angels are really our thing we talk about angels a lot like archangel michael archangel gabriel you know we have we have angel deck cards that we pull from and we listen to what the angels are trying to tell us that's that's what i really like about it i treat the angels like like how a hindu person would treat the their gods because there's multiple gods and multiple deities Mm -hmm. and um yeah so that's the kind of stuff that i grew up with and what that allowed me and my siblings to have is a higher access to our higher level of thinking, like putting our trust into the universe mm-hmm. um, and just letting it, uh, knowing that we're always guided and protected. That's what my mom always says to us. You're guided and protected. Always know that, um, you know, nothing's ever going to steer you wrong. And if it doesn't serve you, that will be taken from you. Mm-hmm. And if it does, there will be plenty of it. Um so this whole thing with my mom being psychic opened a lot of doors for me to understand myself. Mm-hmm. So in the uh, article, I talk about being an empath. And an empath is like a psychic sponge. It is, um, it is like if you put, a, your, you put a sponge into a dirty cup of water, it soaks mm-hmm. all that up, and then it takes forever to wring that out. That's what it's kind of like being a empath is you go into a certain situation or you go into an office building or an apartment building and there are so many energies going around, whether it's good energies, whether it's bad energies, negative or whatnot, you will have, you know, and that empath will pick that up and not realize that. Mm -hmm. And, or if they do realize that they have to go through, um, you know, ways to, you know, release that and know that it's not yours. So one way is, is that I'm, I'm empathically picking up and telepathically picking up on something that my siblings do. We have excellent chemistry, my siblings and I, especially telepathically. So my sister, who is all the way across the country in New Jersey, is having a stomach ache, and I'm feeling like a stomach ache, but I know it's not mine. I knew that I ate something right, and so I'll text my family group chat and say, who has a stomach ache? And my sister, mm-hmm. Justine, says, I have a stomach ache, and I'm going to be like, you bitch, because uh-huh. I'm <laughs> You're it. giving it to me. <laughs> yeah. So, and, like, my siblings can, they can tell when I'm not feeling so good. Mm-hmm. When I was um, here my freshman year, I had a really hard time. My roommates bullied me, and I didn't tell my family for, like, the first, for the first month of school, and, like, 
my first like two weeks of, of freshman year were really cool and then like that the all the way until like mid-October I had such a hard time because you know uh, they were bullying me and I felt like I had no friends and I had nobody here and my siblings would say like are you all right out there like is everything all right I'm like I'm fine I'm fine don't worry about it and then after when my parents came to visit for parents weekend my mom was like everything is not fine she, I knew that I knew everything was not fine and I was like well it'll, it'll be fine everything will be fine so that's what that article is about. Uh-huh. Um, I'm actually having another article come out on Sunday, mm-hmm. and that actually pertains to uh, sex and also how people re- will receive it. Um, it's um, it's a <laughs> this is actually the second time that I'm I'm saying it. I said it yesterday on my radio show, uh-huh. and now I'm going to say it again. Um, this article that's coming out Sunday morning. That's that's the day that is planned to come out is about sexual assault okay. um, and, and how the Me Too helped me and gave me a definition of something that happened to me when I was 14. Mm-hmm. And um, after uh, the Me Too movement happened, I talk about this in the article, I watched the Me Too movement happen in real time. Mm-hmm. And when I was seeing all these stories, I was like, oh my God, everything just kind of clicked. I was like, that happened to me too. And I wanted to say it in real time and join the conversation, but I couldn't because this would, that would be the first time I'm ever one admitting it to myself that what really happened was wrong and wasn't my fault because for at that time it was 2017 for five years, I blamed myself Mm -hmm. and Two, this would be the first. So immediately what I did was I called my mom and I told her what happened. And that would be the first time that I ever openly admitted it to someone else and let someone else know. Mm -hmm. So this article talks about my journey that I went through from the violation to how it how it didn't inhibit me from being the person who I want to be because I wouldn't be where I am today Mm -hmm. but it did uh change my perception on one uh what people think about me and two my mental image of myself so I had I struggled really hard and I didn't tell anybody about this either my depression and anxiety for two years my first two years of college uh high school I mean Mm -hmm. I was struggling and I really was depressed I there were so many signs of depression and I was just not even I I knew and I just blamed myself that this was that all this was your fault like this Mm -hmm. you know this is this is what's going on and then when I became self-aware I started to realize wait a minute I'm really depressed I'm really anxious why is this happening maybe it'll get better and then I ended up going to therapy, but I still didn't talk about it mm-hmm. until after. So this is, that's what the article is going to talk about on Sunday. Um, you can read it. Um, it's, it's really, it's like a lot of relief. And the okay. more I talk about it now, the more I feel like a weight lifting off my shoulders. You know when you get so happy and mm-hmm. you feel like, like euphoric like you're so like high but like you didn't take a drug that's how I feel every time I talk about it now I feel like a pow- like power is coming back to me and I I wouldn't be able to do this I wouldn't be able to talk about this if I didn't start sexcapades I feel like definitely if I didn't start to um 
like publicly own my sexuality now, I wouldn't be able to and finally come clean and admit um, and, you know, get get the release that I needed. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's why it's so important to have, like, the mainstream media talk about sex and talk about assault and talk about all these topics because Mm -hmm. then it helps people who do go through those things. Exactly. How do you feel like your, what happened to you when you were 14, like, affected or changed the way you look at sex and look at all that now? Um, so at the time, um, I, I actually don't think I, it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, I'm going to say it doesn't change the way I think about sex at all. I, I think it actually made me more liberated because I found, um, I don't know what my life would be like if that didn't happen to me. I feel like that I, not that I needed to go through that to learn something, but I think I, like, learned something about life and learned something about party culture. No, I needed to learn it about myself. And I think that, that you know, it wasn't so much a trauma that it inhibit, inhibited me from being someone who I wanted to be. It furthered me, and it didn't stop me from being who I was supposed to be. Right. So this whole thing about, you know, being a sexually liberated person and not talking about sex, I also believe that there should be education on sex. And with that education on sex, there needs to be that talk about sexual assault. My mom, when she read the article, she said to me, you need to put what we should do moving forward. And I said, no, that's not my job. My Mm -hmm. job is to tell the story. And once I say, you know, this is what we need to do, people shut down, like, okay, like, you do something about it, but I want the reader to say, whoa, that's not cool, that what happened, that's not right, we should change that, and then that's when the change will start. The more people say it, that we need to change, it's not, you know, you can say something, it's like the whole thing with thoughts and prayers, like, we're not gonna do it, we're not gonna get anywhere with thoughts and prayers, we're gonna get some somewhere when someone steps up to the plate and says, whoa, this needs to stop, and whether that's talking to our boys, or talking to our girls, like, it shouldn't be one or the other, it should be talking Mm -hmm. to everybody, and putting it into our education system, I hope that we can see that, um, with the next you know, the next, you know, um, yeah. people in charge. I don't know if that'll, that'll come, you know, right now, given definitely. who is in office, but. Yeah, definitely. And this is kind of unrelated, but stemming off that, uh, yeah. you said how you had like the sex talk with your mom and then yeah. how like education with sex growing up, what was your like sex ed like in elementary and like middle and high school? Cause I didn't really have sex ed, which is so wild to me. I remember having sex ed more in elementary school than in high school. And what really bothered me in high school, um, so in fourth grade, we did uh, the sex talk where we talked about puberty and, you know, we learned about the reproductive system and then we got uh, deodorant and girls got, you know, everybody got deodorant, girls got pads, you know, uh, tampons, you know, things like that. And then uh, I don't even know what the boys got, but they got stuff too. And then when we were in uh, eighth grade, we learned... Um, you know, about sex, um, how you can get pregnant, 
um, STD as we even watched that birthing video. Mm-hmm. Very progressive, I feel like, in in uh, elementary school and middle school. When I got to high school, though, uh, freshman year, I had a really good um, health teacher, and she taught she taught us how to put on a comb. She brought in like a like a dildo. I thought uh-huh. it was great. I thought it was yeah, cool. seriously. I'm like, this is you know, this is what we need. But after a while, you know, then uh, then sophomore year we have driver's ed, and then junior year I forget what kind of health class we had. Mm-hmm. But senior year. We're supposed to be learning about sex again, and I feel like this should be more important. And my teacher shows us, teaches us one abstinence, two STDs. And I'm like, well, how am I supposed to catch an STD if I'm taught to be abstinent? Yeah, exactly. On top of that, this is the best part. You're Mm going to freak out. She showed us the secret life of the American teenager. Wait, as education? I said what I said. What? Oh my god, that is horrible. I was so upset. I I had like a notebook and I scribbled down how annoyed I was and I brought it to my therapist and I was like, can you believe this? I was like, this is outrageous. I'm so annoyed by this. And she said, she was like, um, you know, like, maybe that means that you should teach yourself. And I was like, well, damn well I'm going to teach myself because what other idiot's going to teach me? And I'm supposed to expect a boy to know? Yeah. Yeah. But I see – but you grew up in California, right? Yeah, I grew up – yeah, I grew up in San Diego. And I remember, like, fourth and fifth grade were, like, our first exposure to – they called it family – planning or something like that I forget exactly what it was family planning in fourth grade family maybe it wasn't family planning it was family something and like we learned about we the boys and girls got separated which I think is stupid and we learned about to me yeah we learned about like pubic hair and periods basically and that was (laughs) it like I and I think I've said this before on the podcast but I didn't know what a penis looked like till I was like 19 like I had no idea just because I never learned and I never had a sex talk with my parents like nothing wow it's so like and so I'm like I live in California like shouldn't there be better (laughs) things and you know what's crazy I I'm a youth leader for the YMCA so that means I do the I run I help with the after school program mm-hmm. and they asked me about octo mom. And I was like, well, you know, sometimes when people do in vitro, um, you know, there's, there's a risk of having multiple, you know, children. Mm-hmm. And they were like, what? They're like, is that a part of sex? And I was like, no, this is, and I was like, I explained it to them and they were like, oh, oh. and I was like, or sometimes, you know, people have surrogates because they can't have kids. And they were like, what? And I was like, let me ask you guys a question. Um, do you do you guys uh did you guys have sex ed yet? And th- this is middle schoolers, and they're like, "No, we don't have sex ed." And I was, and I literally was like, "What?" And yeah. then, and then one of my kids asked me. Um, he was like, "He's like, this is really inappropriate, Miss Julie." And I was like, "I was like, well, um." I was like, just say it. Like, it's okay. I was like, if you feel comfortable saying it, say it. And I was like, this is a safe space. I'm not going to judge you. Um, but now, now I'm judging the education system. And uh-huh. <laughs> uh, he said, if a girl swallows, can she get pregnant? Oh, gosh. And I, was, and I feel like that's a very, like, you know, that's a very typical thing to say. But I was yeah. 
I was like, no. I said, it's two totally different tracks. I said, it's like the same thing, like, when you eat, like, an apple, like, mm-hmm. you're in the, like, let's say you eat the seeds, too. That doesn't mean a seed, you know, you know, it's not going to grow. I said, no. Yeah, pregnant apple. with apples. Yeah, you know. Oh, I was no. like, what? We are failing our children. Oh, for sure. I feel like all these things should be taught so young. Yeah, we're teaching, we're focusing so much on STEM and like, you know, technology and whatnot. But they're going to be so stupid when it comes to sex. They're oh, 100%. Be like, they're like, well, I know how to build this, but I don't know how to have sex. Oh, God, I'm... Yeah, oh, 100%. Because it's like, it's like there's so many scary things in the world that like elementary school school age are exposed to like gun violence even so it's like how do you like how to you know where to I was you know being told what side of the room to sit on during a school shooting or uh Mm -hmm. you know like you know something terrible like that but we can't tell them you know they know escape routes out of their schools they you know they know Mm -hmm. you know all they know is violence but they don't know Maybe maybe that's how, you know, they say that the world is ending. Maybe that's how the world ends because we're not teaching them sex ed so they don't know what to do. Seriously, exactly. Okay, I know we're running a little out yeah. of time. I wanted to ask another thing um, pertaining to your mom and how she's a medium. I'm someone who finds themselves very intuitive. I think I'm a little psychic, all this stuff. And I think my intuition kind of helps me with relationships and everything. Do you yeah. feel like you kind of, well, obviously yeah. you're a lot of intuitive and you like communicate because of how you were raised and how your mom is and everything. Do you feel like that has affected relationships, sex, all that too? Um, so my mom says being an empath that I should watch who I have sex with. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm the type of person to be able to sec- to separate my sex life from my empath being yeah it is kind of hard because everybody's like oh like you gotta catch feelings like I'm not the type of person where I will make myself catch feelings because then I feel bad that I don't catch feelings and then like I'll Mm kind of wake up and say whoa 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 I don't really have feelings um so when it comes to you know people you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, 100% in a relationship or it doesn't have to be 100% sex. It can be just fun. And now that I wrote this blog, my mom said that to me and I wanted to say, where were, where was this piece of advice like a year or two ago? Uh-huh. But anyway, go off this, I guess. Uh-uh. Uh, so she said, um, so she said this, that to me and, um, there is a couple boys that I like kind of like but I'm trying to like feel it out with them like I don't necessarily think like oh like I want to have sex with them because there are certain boys I'm like him oh yeah Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) yeah you all come over like but then there's some boys that I'm like I don't know if I want to have sex with you just yet I think I kind of want to get to know you and then there's the emotional thing but what I find uh hard to do is mixing the two um, I feel like if it's almost like the guy, you know, that it's called the Madonna whore complex. They mostly use it in like, um, I like you see it in, um, in like kind of like murder cases, almost like kind of mm-hmm. Ted Bundy. For example, you know how like Ted Bundy didn't kill his girlfriend, like mm-hmm. the like, but he was killing all these other, it's kind of like that. Like he sees this, this, uh, the Madonna whore complex is like this 
you know, like a virgin, you know, this is a very, you know, sacred person. And then everybody else is, you know, a, you know, whore, I guess. I okay. use the term whore as like a term of endearment. Like, uh-huh. oh, you whore. Like, I use it for all so many things. Uh-huh. Um, but I don't use it in a negative connotation. Uh, but that's that's kind of like that. I I kind of have that where I'm like, I this boy, but it's mostly like emotional, just sex. Uh, right, like, right. And I feel like what I'm what I what most people would probably say like, oh, you're just you're. It might be delusional. But I feel like I know the person that I want to be with, like when, and I know that I'll have that, that like not love at first sight kind of moment, but like that like instant chemistry. Like I have chemistry with one of these boys, but he like he has a girlfriend. I'm like, you're not an ideal partner. We uh-huh. have really great chemistry. If you didn't have that girlfriend, you know, and I'm not saying break up with her right now so you can be with me because. Then that really means I don't want to be with you because mm-hmm. if you're gonna break up with your girlfriend and then get with someone else, that's that's kind of weird. That's a little shady. For um, sure, sure. But then you know, so being intuitive and like given how I was raised, I definitely it makes me it makes me more aware of what I'm feeling and how my feelings are. And um, being an empath, you know, having sex with certain people, um, I'll. I'll give an example mm-hmm. I was um hooking up with this boy uh my sophomore year around the time that I had started to real like came to around the me too movement and when I started to realize and I I liked him I thought he was a great kid he was so sweet he was so nice and I think he had like I now realized that he really liked me mm-hmm. I would just I I was like we're having sex I was like it's good it's great he has a he has a perfect size penis. Like, oh. it's amazing. I'm like, this is good. And when I went home for break, he was still in California. And he would say, like, oh, I like, I miss you. Like, um, I wish you were here to hang out with me. And at first I was, like, blowing it off. Like, I was like, oh, he's drunk. Like, it's whatever. And I would say, like, oh, I'm a really missable person. And then I had, we had, we came back and we were resumed our same thing he was like I hope I could see you again when can I hang out with you and I was like oh I was like I was like I've been a month a month without it so yes like let's hang out Uh and um and so the last time we we hung out I was now starting a a radio show with KCR and I was writing for the DA so I had and I was doing both and I had school and I was like, look, I, you know, right after we had sex, I was like, look, I really like you. And I think I want something serious with you. And he was like, yeah, me too. And I was like, oh. I was like, oh, I was like, I'm really busy right now. Uh-huh. I was like, you know, my, my career is like, you know, as a student journalist is really picking up. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I was like, yeah. And then after the fact, like, I was like, wow, I can't believe like, and then he got a girlfriend after so I was like, wow, huh? Oh my gosh. Yeah, like two months after I said that, like he had got, he like, he was like, I guess he started talking to this girl and then they started dating and yeah, they're yeah. still dating now. And I'm like, good for you. And at first I was a little bitter. I'm not going to lie. But like in my gut, and I knew this at the time too, like I liked him, but we can't, he was not the person for me. Like, like my thought process was different than he was. Um, it seemed like he was more like laid back and more with the superficial things. And I was more like, what is like, how is our, our, 
our monetary bail system oppressing poor and people of minorities. Like, oh my gosh, I love that. <laughs> and, you know, and yeah, so I don't know. He was like really smart, really book smart, but like right. really dumb when it came to like common sense things. And I was mm-hmm. like, ah, you're not the person for me. I need a person. I'd rather someone be common sense smart and know the way the world works than to be able to read a textbook because yeah. anybody can read. Yeah, 100%. That's why I find, like, people who are, like, this is going to sound so rude, but, like, people who are, like, journalism majors or, like, majors like that versus, like, engineering, I'm just, like, it's, we think differently. Do you have any last things you want to say before we finish this up? If anybody would like to submit their stories, because I, I don't want it just to be my narrative, um, because I'm going to be honest, I'm a straight white girl. I, you know, I want to hear about other people's stories with sex I know that some gays probably have amazing stories so um you can check it out if you go to my uh Instagram at sexcapades.kcr um you can see my submission link it's there it's a google form it can be totally anonymous or you can put your name um I if you're gonna put your name I'll just publish your first name I don't like or I don't like even putting the initial at the end, but if you want your name there, it can be there. If you don't want your name there, you can say, I want to be anonymous. Um, just please, when you're submitting stories, I want to make sure that they're consensual. I, I had a virginity, I had a virginity story of this girl telling me that she was, uh, she was losing her virginity in the back of a car. And she was like, I remember how bad I hurt and how much I wanted it to stop. And I was, and I wanted to like reach out to this girl and be like, Hey, are you all right? Like, this is, uh, this, this wasn't okay. Mm -hmm. Um, now I think I might do that. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I didn't end up publishing that because I felt wrong about it and having it be like, look at this funny, you know, because it's not funny, uh, you know, virginity story. So just make sure that it's, uh, consensual, um, for both parties, um and yeah that's awesome well thank you for coming on uh this has been another episode of dating or at least trying my name is alex and i was joined by julie capiello thank you all for listening bye